Welcome to the Escaping the Accountant's Trap podcast. It's a podcast to help accountants, CPAs, and bookkeepers escape what we call the accountant's trap. It's where accountants are not getting paid for their value and are forced to work long hours with high demanding clients with little pay. Well, how do you escape the trap? And one way is the topic of today's episode, and that's by transforming your practice into a business. To help me with the discussion, I've invited Martin Bissett, an advisor to accountants. Martin, welcome to the show. Adam, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, I'm excited about this episode because we're going to talk about the difference between uh, an accounting practice or a bookkeeping practice and accounting or bookkeeping business. So right. start off, uh, what's the difference? Well, an accounting practice in definition is probably about 95% of us, uh, what everybody sets up to do. Uh, and that is that we have a set amount of technical ability. We look for clients, we charge them by the hour and our recovery rates uh, and the number of recoverable hours we have against the maximum recoverable hours is where we set the bar and we work to capacity. And mm. so basically we sell our time for money. Simple as that. I think just about any uh, professional in practice can relate to that model. Now, when you have that model, it's a very common model, but of course, therefore, pricing is your issue. Client mix is your issue. Price sensitivity and profitability is your issue. And you end up, in most cases, not all, but in most cases, telling people like me that number one, you're not making enough money. Number mm -hmm. two, you don't value your clients. And number three, you can't hire the right type of people. And yeah. that is the most common lament of the profession. So there's your accounting practice. An accounting business takes a different approach. Okay, And rather than having a job for yourself and some others, you're now building an operation, an organization, even an empire um, that does not rely on time and does not rely on you. And so an accounting business has the, the functions far more commonly found in your client's businesses. It has an administrative function. It has a production function. It has a sales, nasty word, function. It has a marketing function, a cash collection function. And it is structured as a traditional business might be structured where, where the, perhaps the, the, the sole practitioner or the senior partner in accounting practice is dealing with a board of partners or various different reports. And what you have there is a, man a management structure below you uh, in the accounting business, far more like a CEO role and the management structure be below you um, is reporting into you on areas of the business that they themselves have got responsibility for. And what's the main difference between one and two? The main difference between one and two is ambition. Is what? Ambition. Ambition, okay. Because I'm speaking with at the time of recording with 26 years of experience and just over 1800 firms that I've encountered at one level or another. And nobody has ever come up to me and said the things that a business owner would say, Martin, we want to conquer the world. Martin, we want to be number one in class, best in class. Martin, we want to put our competitors out of business. The sort of things that business owners would say to you, accountants do not say that. They do not say that. They say very honest and earnest things, such as we want to serve our clients to the best of our abilities. Yeah. Well, if you're not making a lot of profit and you don't have a lot of spare time and you're at capacity, you're not serving your clients to the best of your abilities. 
Absolutely. And you end up resenting them, in fact. And an accounting business is usually helmed by someone who has the ambition to build something much stronger than an accounting practice is organizationally, much stronger profitability-wise, and something that doesn't rely on them. I think this is a very important topic. In fact, you know what you're describing, we talk about this all the time as essentially the accountant's trap, where they're mm. stuck. They want, like you said, they want to provide a great service to their clients, but they've, they've created for themselves a job that they own instead of a business that they own. And, yeah, and it's, or, a, it's this trap. Yeah, or they've created a welfare state if they've got some employees. Because in that time-based model, when you've got people who, who are off sick, people who are not working to full potential, people who are actively toxic in the culture, you know, you're, you're having to feed them all because you're the breadwinner. You know, and you're the one who's having to make it all work in a corporate structure. It doesn't work like that. The sales function is fed by the marketing function. Yeah. The finance function asks the sales function to be a certain level of profitability. You go to an, um, an accounting firm owner, Adam, and say, what's your turnover? Then they can probably tell you. So ask them what their gross or net profit percentage or margin is. And they'll go, uh, and they're guessing at that point. Yeah. A business owner an accounting business owner would have their finger on the pulse of all the KPIs in the business. And not only yeah. that, would know what they're trying to achieve and why they're trying to achieve it. So if we were to, to quote my good friend, Brian Coventry, if we were to say to the audience listening today, tell me about your firm in these terms. We exist to what? So that you can do what? You know, and if you go to any given accounting audience and put them on the spot and say, why do you exist? other than paying your mortgage or filling up your pension pot. Why do you exist? And what does that allow? What does that mean? Exist for that reason, for what reason? And the audience will struggle. They will struggle greatly with that. And an accounting business knows its purpose, knows its vision, knows its mission. Let me ask you, Martin, why? Why do most accountants and, and a lot of bookkeepers own a practice where they essentially own a job versus a business? Why, why is this a thing, especially in this industry? In my experience, three main reasons. One, at no point were they ever trained to do anything else. Okay. Um, and if they've, so whether we're talking about training in, in college and university or whether we're talking about training within a firm, you know, they've come from a scenario where that's what they've been told they do. Um, and I don't know too many accounting courses that teach sales and marketing, for example. Yeah. Yeah. So first of all, it's, it's all that you know. So how can you yeah. adopt a different model when you don't know that model when all you know is how to be in practice? So I think that's the first thing. The second thing which I think is more prevalent is imposter syndrome. Mm, and yes. self-doubt and less so than the clients will never pay this much money and I'm, you know, I just do the same as everybody else does and they don't know their own differentiation. So if they don't believe it, it's going to be very hard for the client base to ever believe that they're worth more than they currently get paid. And I think that's the second reason. I think the third reason is that they don't employ people who are smarter than them. So they oh. employ orderlies to carry out um, mm. compliance, recurring compliance work on a recurring compliant basis. And at no yeah. point do we bring in someone with commercial expertise? At no point yeah. do we bring in a branding genius. 
at no point do we bring in, um, I, I don't know, uh, an efficiency genius, you know, yeah. and, and as a result of that, you're the smartest kid in the room for your entire career in yeah. your firm, which massively limits your earnings potential. Absolutely. It, it reminds me of a client. In, in fact, 99% of all businesses are, are essentially small. And I think they fit, according, at least here in the United States, we had the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics. They track this, this type of thing. Yeah. Essentially, 99% of all businesses are considered small. And I do think they fit exactly what you're talking about. The, the business owner themselves started a business because they, they are an expert at their craft. An yep. accountant starts an accounting practice. A dentist starts a dental practice. An architect opens an architecture firm and so forth. And because of that, they they want to practice their craft because that's what they're good at. But all of a sudden, they own a business right. where they have to be responsible for things they're not necessarily good at, sales, marketing, operations, logistics. And it's it's a struggle. It's a struggle for our client or for business owners out there, but especially uh accountants who want to break through that ceiling that you're talking about and actually own a business. Hey there, Adam here from the Escaping the Accountant's Trap podcast. I'd like to personally invite you to a free masterclass that we're conducting this Thursday called How to Start a CFO Service. To register, just go to thecfoproject.com and click free training at the top. See you then. You've worked with a lot of accounting firms, accountants. What is the what is the, the sort of the number one piece of advice you would give them to start the process of transitioning from just a practice to a business? So the transformational process starts with a simple sentence. I'm worth more than this. I can do better mm. than this. I want to do better than this. So that's the word I was talking about with ambition. So when, when the, the brain finally goes, no, no more. No more rock bottom pricing, no more client um, calls at eight o'clock at night to complain about something, no more somebody disputing the bill. No, 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 no. I reject yeah. all of those conditions. Mm. I am no longer prepared to accept those conditions. I'm no longer prepared to accept every single piece of work that comes along because I think that if I don't take it, I might die. You know, the scarcity mentality has to leave me. So I yeah. think as uh, a Dave Ramsey phrase, becoming sick and tired of being sick and tired. Um, I think <laughs> when, that, when that condition hits and you go, no, 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 I want more than this. Ambition arrives. Yeah. Okay. So you become sick and tired of being sick and tired and all of a sudden it's replaced by ambition. Going, got to yeah. do better, got to be better, got to be more. Okay. And yeah. in comes ambition. And then ambition starts its journey to climb and it gets quickly stopped by self-doubt to go, nah, but you're hopeless. Yeah, but you've never charged more than this much for this part of work. Yeah, but you've never tried to do that kind of work. Yeah, but the clients won't want it. Yeah, but the clients won't pay for it. And it starts throwing missiles at all the ambition, saying, we'll destroy this ambition nice and quickly. Yeah. And then comes what I call the tipping point. Most firms will concede defeat there and go, oh, yeah, sorry, brain, for being ambitious. I do apologize. I'll just go back to my place and carry on my work and we'll just do that. Yeah. You know, what beats that tipping point is a simple word, proof, by which I mean this, Adam. If I ask any room of accountants, tell me some of your best client stories. Tell me about where you saved their lives. Tell me about how you helped them achieve their ultimate ambitions. 
Tell me about where you got them out of a really sticky situation. Tell me about how you save them money. Tell me about how you change them around. Everyone's got a story. Everybody can tell me a story like that. They can tell me about the huge tax saving that was reinvested in the company you know, as capital reinvestment or working capital. They can tell me about how the, um, you know, the, the bailiffs were coming uh, to wind the, the place up and they got out of that. They can tell me about how they had five years accounts overdue and they cleaned up the whole process and how they helped with forecasting or finding finance or whatever it is. Everyone can tell me a story in the accountant's room, but not one of them would have told me without me asking. Mm. So that absolute insistence on, oh, I have something fantastic here. I must keep that to myself. Yeah. Okay. That's one. Once you go and get that proof, okay, you tell me it first, you tell somebody it first, and then you capture it. Maybe you capture yeah. it by telling the story yourself. Maybe you get the client to recount the story, not a testimonial, important difference, the story, where they were, your intervention, and where they got to. And that's your mm. intervention there is your value or your improvement that you've created there. Okay. Yeah. And once that happens, you end up with a treasure chest. Let's say it starts with only three stories. Up, okay. Three stories that prove that that particular accountant or that particular accounting firm goes the extra mile not by a website promise, not by hype, but by cast iron, third-party, irrefutable evidence. Mm. Then you get your fourth story, then you get your fifth story, then you get your sixth story. And then we start to tell people. We tell it in our marketing communications, if we have any. We tell it on our websites. Even, you know, even accounts have got those. We tell it in our networking conversations. And heaven forbid we should ever try and go and get ourselves a little speaking gig where we tell it there as well in front of a local business audience. And all of a sudden, the accountant is now demonstrating rather than telling why a business should consider working with them. Why a business should consider giving up a long-term relationship with an existing accountant over here to come and get something better over here. Mm. Why a business owner should suddenly break a loyalty barrier that they've had and make a sacrifice, okay? Because all of yeah. a sudden, the firm is now articulating the sorts of reasons why you would work with them and the sorts of situations in their exact client base that the current business owner listening to them is going through right now. That's me. When you hear the story, that's me. That's, that's the problem I've got now. That's the problem yeah. I have to overcome. That's the issue I've got. You can solve these. And so if we rewind all of that process, we start believing in ourselves because we have the proof, because we have the, the ambition that overcame the imposter syndrome, because we got sick and tired of being sick and tired. Mm, I love that. And it's like you're you're not only proving to yourself <laughs> that you can do this, you, but you're you're showing clients, like you said, that that I'm not just an accountant who records the past. I'm an accountant that saves lives. Right. I'm an accountant that can help you do, you know, just like I did for John over here, and and just like I did for Sally. Right. And it helps your clients visualize how. You can work with them. And just like you said, they're, they're thinking their experience with their own accountant. Well, my accountant's not doing that. I want you. And if, if you can I speak to potential clients in a way that says, I want you specifically to work with me, you'll be unstoppable. That's right. And, it's, and you've made a fantastic point, Adam. Let's work on that. So it goes from, I'm thinking about possibility, the possibility of changing my accountant through yeah. to, I'm thinking of working with Adam. 
That's right. That's the difference. Burt Reynolds used to talk, Burt Reynolds, the actor, uh, used to talk mm-hmm. about the, the stages of the actor's career as it applied to Burt Reynolds. And he okay. said, in stage one, it was, who the hell is Burt Reynolds? Okay. <laughs> and in stage two, it was, uh, keep an eye on that, uh, that, that Burt Reynolds. Okay. And in stage three, it was, get me Burt Reynolds. Yeah. And in stage four, it was, get me a less expensive Burt Reynolds. <laughs> Yeah. And in stage five, it was, who the hell's Burt Reynolds? And he, said he, went, he went through that career arc. Now, if we take that from an accounting firm perspective, when the accounting firm does no marketing, okay, then it's, who the hell is Adam and Martin and Co? Okay? Then when we start to tell stories through our marketing, through our conversations and networking, through our proactive efforts, then it's, keep an eye on that Adam and Martin and Co. <laughs> then suddenly one of those stories is going to hit home to that business owner. It's going to be talking to them about their situation. It's mm. get me Adam Martin and Co. And hopefully we never do get to stage four of a less expensive Adam Martin and Co. Um, but it all comes from the practitioner. When the practitioner decides it's time, it's time. Yeah. Yeah. This is brilliant. Uh, so you have a community of accountants, mm-hmm. essentially. What did, why did you, why did you start this community? I started the community. Uh, it was, it's actually the second one I started, uh, for general practice. And I did it six months before COVID hit, um, okay. which made me look like a strategic genius, bringing an <laughs> online community together six months before the world yeah. shuts down. The reality is that I was a touring speaker and touring accountant and sorry, touring speaker and touring consultant and touring author. And I was sick of planes. And I was sick, sick okay. of landing in Toronto and forgetting what my name was and what day it was. Because uh, that was the <laughs> door. And I needed something, some way of being able to communicate to the audience um, that didn't require me having to be in different time zones every week. And at this point, you know, Skype was maturing into Zoom. Mm-hmm. And online comms were becoming a lot more uh, reliable uh, in terms yeah. of their quality. And so I just decided to put together an online community um, and I got very lucky with my timing, to be quite frank. I got very, very lucky with my timing. In hindsight, it looks like I saw it all coming. In reality, yeah. I didn't have a clue what was going on. I just got sick of touring. And then, so what is, the, what is the number one thing that the members get out of the community? Do you know what? I would love to say it's me, but the, the truth is that they get... Um, I'm trying to think of a different word to, to use than community. It's community. It's that yeah. comfort of coming to like-minded, uh, to a place where like-minded professionals are going through similar issues and there's a confidence and trust within the room and we know that what's in the room stays in the room. And yeah. they can look to not just people like me, and we have other leaders as well, of course, um, and not just people like myself and Lucy and Will and so on, but, but rather they have uh, their professional peers and colleagues and accountants, again, historically, traditionally, aren't known for making friends with other accountants in different mm. places. And, and, and that's changing now with the younger generation. Um, but they, they do that and they go, oh my goodness, so you're also a seven-figure firm going through this? Oh wait, so you're also a solo bookkeeper going through this? Oh wait, so what did you do with this? And, and how do you make that thing work with that thing and make it talk to each other? Because we haven't had a problem with that. Absolutely. And it's just problem solving. Problem solving in a yeah. safe space. Um, yeah. I, I'd say problem solving in a safe space. That's what they come for. That's what they come And they know full well that if their community doesn't have the answer, then their leadership will be able to bail them out. Mm. 
Mm, I love that. And so where, if somebody's interested, where can they learn more about your community? Oh, well, for the community? Well, well that's uh, www.jointhenation.co.uk. Join the nation. Uh, join the nation.co.uk. Um, the, the, um, the actual community is called ProNation, as in the okay. nation of professionals. Um, and uh, don't be fooled by the, the .co.uk either. It's an international audience as well. Um, and so, yeah. And, and so it's very, very... Um, I was going to say relaxed. Relaxed isn't perhaps the word, but informal. Um, you're not expected to have to be as good as somebody else. You're not expected to have an opinion on everything. You're not expected to have to speak up at certain times. It's there for those who want to really take control of the meeting, to take control of the meeting, and those who want to listen, to just listen. It's really up to them. But um, that provides, I think, a an, an incubator for getting that tipping point that I was talking about. It's like, yeah, I really want to do this, but I don't know where to start. Oh, wait, you too? How did you start? Oh, I could do that. And the light bulbs yeah. start going on. And somebody else who's not talking, just listening, goes, the third person goes, I could do that too. Yeah. Uh, and it just has that that uh, that effect. Um, but I think one thing I'd like to just mention briefly, if I may, Adam, is, is the sure. reason for all of this. The reason for all of this, you know, why transform? Why make the effort? Why not just do recurring fees for recurring income because you make a pretty good lifestyle most cases in that you know with that with that model why do anything else and so the the real um driving force is that i am the son of a business owner who did not get help mm. from the accounting profession he uh, built a business his business became very successful um, beyond his ability to handle it. And when he got into trouble and areas of unfamiliarity, especially financial unfamiliarity, uh, it was at a time when accountants didn't come forward. And in fact, were actively regulated against coming forward in England. Mm. Um, and therefore didn't know where to turn and therefore got into trouble and therefore started failing and therefore the business crashed and burned, oh. which meant that his self-esteem crashed and burned, which meant that his marriage crashed and burned, which meant that his alcohol, alcoholism took hold. Mm. And we lost him uh, 11 years ago. Oh. Now, I'm a business owner, very similar to him, very good at what he does, as you can see, but not necessarily very <laughs> good running a business, yeah. doing what he does. And the difference is, Adam, I got help. Yeah. My accountant saw me struggling and reached out. My accountant bailed me. And as a result, we haven't looked back. At that time, it was a consulting practice. Bissett Group Holdings now has involvements in 21 different enterprises. Wow. Oh, uh, and how many years are we on from there? Same number, 13. Um, so that's the power that the listeners of this podcast or the watchers of this podcast, that's the power that they hold. They have the ability, because of their financial literacy, to go to a world of people like us, the financially illiterate, and save us, or take us on a journey, or drop us off at our ultimate destinations. Yep. But we don't know that until you tell us. Mm. And therefore, you've got to communicate your stories, otherwise we don't know. And we will go with the cheapest, or we will go with the closest, or we will go with the person we hate the least. Yeah. You know? We will not go with the best because we don't know who the best is because the best isn't auditioning. 
And because I have seen an actual life loss, never mind a business loss, but actual life loss due to not getting the help in business they needed. And because I have seen the success of my own business, I have firsthand knowledge of the, the literal transformational impact, the profound impact of an accounting professional in a business owner's life. I have then gone out, made it into a career and seen hundreds, thousands, I'll go as far as claiming tens of thousands. I probably can't claim hundreds of thousands, but tens of thousands of other examples of firms who've done exactly that and then kept their mouth shut about it. So nobody else knows. <laughs> and what and what an accountant has on them, and I'll say I'll, I'll, I'll shut up now, but what an accountant has on them is the ability to save lives, save marriages, save mortgages, to create profit, to create peace of mind, to create ultimate successful exits. Mm. No other professional, um, or prof let's call it profession, no other profession has that ability. Yeah, 100% agree with you. 100% agree with you. And this is a great way to end the episode because mm -hmm. I, I don't think I could add any more to that. Martin, thank you so much for being with us today. Adam, thank you very much. And to everyone listening or watching, thank you so much for spending the last few minutes with us as we discussed how to escape the accountant's trap. Bye for now.